You're listening to the Creative Seat Podcast, where the curious and creative come to listen and be inspired. I'm Samantha K. Henderson, independent producer and your host. If you're interested in finding out more about me or our guests, visit the website at www.thecreativeseat.com. Thanks to Filmcraft Studio Gear for sponsoring this episode. Visit their website, www.filmcraftla.com, and pick up a customizable studio director chair today. It's legit my favorite creative seat. Filmcraft does so many great things in the community, and I'm proud to be part of the Filmcraft LA family. Our guest on this episode is super talented Karen Ruby, script supervisor, writer, and performer. Let's get her in the creative seat. So Karen, all superheroes have an origin story. We want to know your origin story. Tell us what you want us to know about you. Wow. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel like it's been a really windy road for me to get to where I'm at. I feel like growing up as a kid in Chicago, I always wanted to work in the entertainment industry, but I didn't know what capacity. Like I, I liked acting. And I wanted to be an actor, but I didn't see that as my main thing, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be an actor. But and I moved out to L.A. when I was 28 to be a chiropractor, which I ended up not doing at all, which is a whole nother another story. Um, but I started taking acting classes, which led to comedy and improv classes, which I loved, which led to writing. Right. And so I ended up writing and creating a bunch of internet stuff and web series and short films and things like that. And it got to a point where it felt like what I was doing as much as I loved it. It felt like it was a really expensive hobby because like I'm spending all this money to do all these things that I love. But like I got really soured on going out for auditions and how much work that that is and headshots and submissions and driving around the city everywhere, you know, and I just sort of stopped that and it was making my own stuff. And I was like, this isn't, it's not happening how I wanted it to be. And so I got to a point where I was like, I love being on set. I love it. How can I be on set and make money (laughs) and support myself and not have this be just a really super expensive hobby that I'm throwing all my money at as much as I love it? And so I went through and list a list of all of the crawl at the end of a film. You know, I looked at every single thing. And the only one, the only one besides acting and writing that I really was interested in was script supervising. I think because it was about script, it was supervising. It sounded really interesting. And so I ended up doing some networking and finding people who were script supervising, who referred me to Brandi Feldman. And then I started taking her classes. And I realized this craft is so big. And it's so interesting. And you get to be next to the director and working with the cinematographer and all of the other department heads. And it was so exciting and so much fun and so much to learn. And I'm still learning over four years, five years in, whatever it is now. You know, so I guess that's how I got to be where I am, right? No, that's great. That's great. So you've worn many hats in this industry. So I'm I'm just curious, what's the real passion, though? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because the passion is comedy. 
The passion is making people laugh and making people think, making people think while making people laugh, right? Having a social or political message while you're pointing out something. I used to call it Poto pointing out the obvious. That was sort of like, don't you see how crazy this is? How do you not? You know, so I started, you know, like some of my earlier sketches were like silliness, but like also ridiculous and I felt potent, right? Got it. So for me at this point, if I'm an actor or I'm a writer or a combination or a script supervisor, as long as I'm on a project that I believe in, I'm good. Like it doesn't have to be that I'm an actor. It doesn't have to be that I'm the writer. It doesn't have to be that I'm a script supervisor. Any role in a project that I believe in, that I can help bring into the world is what makes me happy. I love it. I love it. So going back to your script supervisor role, how do you find your collaborators? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of different ways, right? Obviously, women in media has been just huge for me. I've met so many people in women in media and working on several of the films. I worked on um, the camaraderie both years, two of the films in both years. And so that started me meeting and networking with a lot of people. And so referrals and Facebook. There's the Los Angeles Script Supervisors Network. I get a lot of referrals from script supervisors who are ahead of me, you know, that are either too busy to do certain jobs or it's a little bit below their pay grade because they're like accelerated from me um, or I'm subbing for them. It's really mostly networking in different areas of how I get my work. Okay, so great. So networking, reputation, all of those things really matter for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and repeat business. I've worked with several, several directors more than once. So they go back to make another film and they just call me because, because yay. And then it makes it easier (laughs) to work with them too, because everyone knows what the flow is, right? How each other works, you know how to communicate well, and I'm assuming Ideally, it makes world. I mean, I, I'm not in a position where we have the same entire crew going from project to project to project. I feel like that's sort of rare. Or okay. maybe once you get to a certain level and there's somebody who's just got like a pile of money or like just a pipeline of money that they get to keep making projects. You know, at our level, it's still a lot of non-union, a lot of independent stuff. And so it takes a while to build up the funds to do it and maybe certain people wouldn't be available. So, you know, there's a lot of new people on every set, which is also super fun because each new person you meet is an opportunity right, for to, networking and meeting right. more people for more referrals for more jobs, etc. Right, right. It, it's, it's a great circle and a great community to be a part of. All right. I love that. And um, so in terms of your process, because here at the creative seat, we are really into talking about the process. So let's talk about your process in prepping for a show or a film as a script supervisor. What does that look like for you? Um, Most of the process is reading the script and doing my breakdowns and finding 
continuity errors that I can see or continuity issues or problems that may come up before we shoot. So then I'll have a meeting with the director or the writer or the director and the writer or the producers or whomever, depending on the project. But I'll, I'll generally, ha- generally have a list of questions and some of them maybe don't make a difference, but for me it does as far as like, what time does this scene happen? Is it at 3 p.m. or is it 3.30 p.m.? And maybe it doesn't really matter, but I need to have something specific to, to know because on set, somebody might ask me, hey, what time does this scene take place? And I need to know. You know, that affects lighting, that affects, you know, all different kinds of things, so right? You, you got to get into the details. The super, super, super details. Yeah. And I make a day-night breakdown. So it's like the story days. Like, is this the first story day? Sometimes it's very obvious. Next morning on the slug line. Okay, great. But I've also had, you know, not issues, but like I've had scripts where it's like 17, 18, 19 scenes and it's all day. And it's all like, what time could it possibly be? (laughs) The sun has to go down, right? Like, or... And so it's just, it's a negotiation, you know, and, and I've, sometimes I find things that, you know, when you're writing a script and you do another draft and you do another draft, sometimes things get confused or fall off. And, you know, I'm there to catch those things and say, hey, this other thing that used to be in the script is not in the script. Does that still play? You know, did we forget about this? Do we not care about this? You know, right. right. So since we're talking about process and you touched a little bit on your communication, let's now talk a bit about the challenges that you face when you're working with your collaborators. So whether it's a a producer on set, a director, it could be, I'm assuming production design, DPs, like what are some common challenges that you face yeah, I mean, the most common frustrating challenge, to be honest, is people don't either understand what I'm doing in pre-production or budget for pre-production or understand how important it is to have a script supervisor before the day before we roll. Right. So a lot of times I'm really stuck do I want to do this project without having the proper prep time and then I don't feel prepared to go in or I can't get these questions answered? So then I can't do as good of a job as I want, okay. you know? Um, like for a short film, maybe one prep day is acceptable, you know, but I need that time. I need that time to read the script and go through it and, you know, prep my paperwork and my everything just to be ready to go on set that day. You know, and so many times they don't realize that or they don't get it or they're just like, no, no prep days, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's frustrating. And it's not just me. It's all script supervisors at all levels are struggling with getting enough paid prep time because when I first started, I did it for free. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) Um, Because I just I wanted to get the experience. I wanted to get on set. I didn't feel confident in my skills to be negotiating too much. And for whatever that is, you know, but now it's different. Um, And now it's like, I I don't, it's not, you can't expect me to prepare for a feature film in one day. That's, that's not enough time. 
I, I mean, I can read the script a few times, but I'm not going to be able to prepare a full breakdown, a day-night breakdown, answer, ask the questions, have time for script revisions, which, right. you know, yeah. because I'm a writer and I can bring that skill set, I think there's some things that I may pick up on in the script that maybe some other script supervisors don't. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. not to put other script, script supervisors mm -hmm. down, um, but like I'm really tuned in, you know? Yeah, you used a word um, that triggered a memory for me. So, ooh, okay, let's hear so it. So, when we were working together on Smashed, you were our mm -hmm. script suit. True. And I was a producer, <laughs> and we yes. were on one of those numerous, lengthy uh, production meeting calls. And I made a statement that sort of implied. And probably not intentionally that script suits weren't a key role on set. And I don't know if you recall this, but you very clearly corrected, <laughs> corrected me in, in, in a professional way. And we love each other still. So no harm, no foul. But um, there is this misinformation and maybe misunderstanding lack of understanding what the script supervisor is tell me in the audience what the script supervisor's role is on set and 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 when should a production team reach out to you yeah i mean these are all super questions and by the way this is why i started my podcast script supervisors unsung heroes of film and tv because people don't know and i mean i can answer this question for you in a minute or two minutes but really listen to the podcast people who are listening to see how deep it goes but you know there's so many levels of what we're doing obviously everything on film is shot out of order and if you're listening and you didn't know that we shoot out of order because it makes more sense financially so you know you're not going to shoot the script in the order of reading it, right? If this person wakes up in their house and then they go to work and then they go home and then they go to work, you shoot all the homes and then all the works because it's cheaper, it's easier, whatever, whatever. So because everything is shot out of order, somebody needs to make sure that everything matches. And when mm -hmm. I say everything, I mean everything. So you've got wardrobe, you've got hair, You've got set deck, you've got props, you've got actors' emotions, yes. you've got, you know, I mean, there's like, it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on, right? right, right. And because, you know, in the, and so that's like broad strokes, right? But like when you're shooting a specific scene, right? And you're shooting a wide and then you're shooting coverage, you know, that also has to match, right? And there's a lot to do with eye lines, right? So it's a scene and two people are facing each other, but then there's like something that happens and they look another way and then they look back or whatever this, the case might be. When we're on one person and their eyes are looking left to right and then we shoot the other person, if they're looking at that person, their eyes better be looking right to left and in the same angles right. that make sense so that when you're watching you're not thinking, why does it look like they're not looking at that person? Right, right. Right? And now I'm not the only one doing all of these things, right? Costume is responsible for costumes. Hair is responsible for hair. Makeup's responsible for makeup. Props is responsible for props. But I'm overseeing all of it. 
And because on a set, you know, somebody might not be there <laughs> that was, you know, the main person might not be there. There's a sub, they don't remember, or maybe it's the same person, but like, it's so frenetic. Things are crazy on set and we're, let's stop this. We're not going to do this. We're going to shoot this. No, forget that scene. And everyone, like, it's so easy to lose track right. of where you are, of what we've shot already that exists in this moment in time that we are shooting now, you know, or it's right before, or it's right after, or like, wait a second, when we shot this scene yesterday or last week, was this thing on the table? The set deck might have pictures, but maybe they don't remember. You know, I'm taking pictures all day long, you know, and so I'm the person they ask for all of those things. What, right. what story day is it? What outfit they, should they be wearing? Maybe they know, maybe they forgot, maybe it's a sub, maybe, who knows? Right, and your you notes know? are so important because the yeah. rest of the team will Oh, I'm forget. not even done. Oh, oh. That's like what, like, then the other thing. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. Right. But like, but the other thing is my notes, right? Like uh -huh. the editor is not on set. Right. So what I am is the go-between what happens on production to the editor. So when there is no script supervisor on set, which happens often, the editor gets a pile of footage with no notes. Mm. The editor doesn't know which was the director's favorite or what happened on this take. Why does this take stop in the middle? Why did they suddenly change direction that the actor is walking in this scene? Now my cut doesn't work. You know, my notes say, Director preferred this take. There was a problem here with sound. There was this, whatever, whatever, whatever. And so they can mm -hmm. look at my notes and quickly make a rough cut. Take this cut and this cut and this cut. And it saves the editor so much time. And then they don't have to go ask the director who may or may not remember a specific thing that happened on that day. Right. So the script supervisor has the potential to save a production as it is happening and the post-production process as well. But also pre-production. I've been able to save production's money with minor script changes. And not that I'm not writing their script unless I'm the writer, but I might ask questions or make a few suggestions. They don't have to take it. It's not my production. As a script supervisor, I'm just there to help, but I love helping. Yes. I love it, you know? Yes. So it's like, hey, maybe this doesn't matter or maybe it does. And, you know, I've been up like I worked on this script um, that was it takes place in an airport and it was like something about the luggage and the guy was like, you know, open your lock. And I was like, that's not that's not how it would be. It would have to be a TSA, you know, so it was just a minor thing. But I did research and I was like, yeah, that's it should be a TSA lock. And so I brought it up to the director. I was like, I don't if you want to make this change, this is what I saw on the Internet. I don't know. It, maybe it makes a difference. Maybe it doesn't. And they changed the script. Great. Great. So it's it's better for the production team. So and when I say production team, I'm not just referring to the producers. I'm also referring to directors, DPs, costume um, and wardrobe, lighting, whatever because it's mm -hmm. truly a collaborative effort so if one person sees something that could be fixed or helped it's better to, to speak up right right and that's another thing i wanted to mention you know you were talking about all these meetings that we had in pre-production and and that was 
somewhat unusual, right? To have the script supervisor and the whole entire crew on every single meeting. I mean, that's the way that women in media does it. But it's not a bad thing in a lot of ways because then everyone's on the same page. I like to be included in production meetings. Anything that I can know and learn to be on the same page as the directors and the producers and the writers before we get to set is just going to make me be that much more effective and much more helpful because people are asking me questions all day that the director doesn't even need to know about that I can just handle. But if I don't know the answer, then I got to go find the answer too. Like it's just, I'm there to sort of be the eyes and ears of the director, to save them time, to be their support, you know? There's also, there's so many more things that we do that like I haven't even mentioned. Yeah, no, this, we we can have another conversation and go more in depth, but we also want everyone to go listen to your podcast. So let's switch gears just temporarily because you, (laughs) (laughs) great promo. I love the the mug. Um, But you are a a writer and performer. And so because Mm. we're talking about collaboration and process, Let's talk just briefly about the differences in how you find your collaborators and go through your prepping process as a writer or performer. Yeah, um, I've had the wonderful opportunity to create short films and web series and video sketches with a number of different people throughout the last Decades. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so initially, I found a lot of collaborators from class. I was in Second City. I was in Groundlings. I was in Prov Olympic. I was, you know, taking all those classes. I I did stand up for seven years. So I was out in the world, in the comedy world, meeting people, and you just you vibe with somebody, and you say, "Hey, we should make something," or you're riffing with each other in class or in an improv exercise or whatever. You come up with an idea based on a character somebody else had or a character you had and you just go, oh my God, this is amazing. Do you want to do this? You know, and so that's one way. The The web series Baked Goods that I ended up creating um, with four other women, that was started on Facebook in a women in comedy Facebook group that one person who I didn't know had posted, hey, I want to make something. Who wants to make something? And I was like, yeah, I want to make something. And so we started having meetings. And as a group, we I mean, this process was like amazing. And we also got interviewed for some podcasts for that. And you could research that whenever watch it. But okay. basically, um, it was just such a wonderful collaboration that we all created what it was about. We created the characters and we produced it together. And it was just it was lovely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you for that insight. Um, it mm-hmm. definitely gives us a better understanding of you. And it seems like regardless of your writer, performer role or script supervisor role, it's like you go into your projects deep with deep thought and try to have a, a good understanding of what what the project is and where you need to be to make it successful. And those are the type of collaborators that I love to work with. So that's why we work so well together. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so let's um, talk about the podcast. Cause I, I, I follow the podcast. I've listened to episodes, but, and I think it's great. Um, it's definitely um, a topic in the film 
world, film industry that needs to be talked about more so everyone understands what the script supervisor does. But I want you to tell us about the podcast, maybe the inspiration behind it and how we find it. Yeah, I mean, well, you can find it on anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, the inspiration for the podcast was as a newbie script supervisor, I was coming up with these issues like nobody wants to pay prep. Um, people don't understand what we're doing. I had to explain my role and justify myself to people who were maybe going to hire me. And I was like, how do these people not know what it is that I'm doing and what they're hiring me for? And then throughout the conversations I had been having with other script supervisors at our meetups, in the Facebook groups, whatever, it wasn't new. It wasn't news. I mean, there's people with decades of experience still saying the same things. And I was like, this is wrong. <laughs> this yeah. needs to be remedied. We need to have a podcast. And I had talked with a couple of other script supervisors who initially were interested as well in putting together the podcast, but it's a lot of work and not everybody is in for that kind of work. Um, so in the end, I ended up doing it by myself, but in that in that i you know sourced the interviews myself i sourced the editor myself i sourced the composer myself i you know decided what the song was and how mm -hmm. the editing was going to be but however throughout the whole process i referred back to the los angeles script supervisors network i had a bunch of working titles i had everybody vote so they decided on the name of the title they helped me get ideas for what topics because one of the things that i think is like super cool to my own horn about the podcast is it's not just whoa it's not just straight interviews which i thought would be interesting but i thought if i was going to just keep interviewing script supervisors over and over again at some point it would be repetitive you know and i didn't want that i wanted it to be interesting and i thought if we focused on topics like what the heck is a script supervisor and what happened with that Game of Thrones coffee cup, you know, um, and there's like 10 episodes like that, 10 topics. I thought that was going to be an interesting hook. I thought that would draw listeners in. I thought rather than just saying the names of the script supervisors who I've interviewed, who are amazing women and men, but maybe are not household names. So I wanted them to get more exposure, and I thought that maybe the podcast topic idea might help with that. So we, I want you to remind us what the name of the podcast is and where we could find it. Sure. It's called Script Supervisors, Unsung Heroes of Film and TV. It's as far as, it, I mean, last I checked, it's the only podcast focusing specifically on script supervisors. So if you just search script supervisors in anywhere you get your podcasts, you should have it come up. It's got the cool green logo that looks like a superhero thing that one of our script supervisors, Sharon Watt, who is interviewed on the podcast, who's an amazing script supervisor, created for us. Awesome. Awesome. So in addition to the podcast, what other type of uh, collaborations or projects are you looking to be a part of? Yeah, well, I'm always open to doing more script supervising, particularly in comedy. Um, 
but I'm also open to things that make a difference. Like my body of work as a script supervisor is composed of comedy and then social justice type work. So Mm -hmm. anything that falls in those areas, I'm absolutely all about it. So I'm still working towards um, getting into local 871 script supervisors union. So I need a few more days. So, um, and there's a lot of requirements for the days, but I'm looking to book some more work on ideally comedies and things like that. Some short films. I could use a couple of feature films. How about that? Okay. Okay. If I do a couple of feature films, then I'll, then I'll get in the union. And then I'll be working in the union. Awesome. So how do how do the how do people in the audience uh, reach you? Yeah, sure. You can find me off my website. It's KarenRuby.com. Everything is available there. So we're going to shout out your website and your social media handles. So you'll be able to find Karen Ruby at thecreativeseat.com or you can reach out to her directly. But she needs those hours. So give her a call. So, Karen, it's always great uh, talking with you and working with you. I'm so humble and appreciative of you being here. Thank you. Uh, Yes. And um, I want to give you the opportunity to leave any parting words with the audience. So this is this is your moment. What 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 (gasps) parting words do you have for us as you leave? I mean, I think the main thing is don't give up. Right. Like if this is something that you want to do, whatever the this that it is, if it brings you joy, if you can't stop thinking about it, if you're not going to be happy not doing it, then do it. Find a way to do it. You know, if it's if it's film, I mean, it's so much easier now. Everyone's got a video camera in their pocket. Right. Somebody's got a cell phone that can make a film, you know? I mean, there's just endless ways to create. And um, I just want to encourage everyone to do it. I mean, I'm so lucky that I'm living my dream, but I put in a lot of work and I put in a lot of time and I didn't give up, you know? And yeah, don't, don't give up. (laughs) <laughs> no, that, that's, that's exactly <laughs> the message that we're trying to bring to everyone is there, you know, when you're wanting to do something, it's not going to be easy, but you got to keep pushing forward and and not giving up is the, the way you, you know, materialize pushing forward. So thank you for those comments. Um, we're going to end the, the interview here. And um, I always want to extend the offer for you to come back. So if you got a new project you want to promote, you know, you know how to reach me and come yeah. back and let's talk about it. And I might be reaching out to you soon, too. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, super. It's great, great, look great. forward to it. Thank All you. Right. Thank you for this opportunity. It's really always fun to talk to you. Creativity. It's like learning to ride a bicycle. You get on it, you fall a few times, then one day you're riding along with all the confidence. Then you decide to learn a new trick. Make sure to like the episode and leave a review. Shout out to Dub Poet Production for the music. I'm Samantha K. Henderson signing off. Go do something creative.